Hello and welcome to Dear Amelia, a podcast where I, a new father, have a series of conversations with friends on a whole range of topics, with the ultimate goal of presenting a collection of deeply personal thoughts for my daughter to listen to when she grows up. This is Benjamin Prabhu, and thank you for tuning in. to learn the ways of the world, you will come to realize how fortunate you are to be born an American. The United States of America, imperfect as it may be, is a country that provides so many opportunities to work your way up and succeed in life. It is so easy to take for granted the everyday freedoms you enjoy, but you only need to look at the world around you to recognize the privilege that is being American. As a first-generation American myself, I made a conscious choice to become a citizen. All my life, I had struggled to identify a sense of belonging to a certain country. That is because I was born to Indian parents in Saudi Arabia and I spent a substantial portion of my childhood shuttling back and forth between the two countries, all the while absorbing bits and pieces of culture from both. Eventually, I lived for longer periods of time in India before moving to the Philippines and then from there to the United States. By the time I was in my mid-twenties, I felt that I was a global citizen of Indian origin. I moved to the United States in 2006 and started living here on a permanent basis since 2010. Looking back on those years, I remember feeling no affinity towards my adopted country. All I was focused on was making something of myself. Somewhere along the road, things started to change, and I started to fall in love with America. More than anything, it was the central notion that you have the freedom to chart your own path in life, and not just grudgingly accept the circumstances life deals you with. Once I understood that, there was no turning back. I worked towards satisfying all the legal requirements, passed a citizenship test, and became an American in 2015. Not simply satisfied, I continued to read up on American history, closely followed the political conversation, and engaged with other Americans to better understand the social fabric of the country. And that much-wanted sense of belonging, that followed soon after. The year 2020 has been a tumultuous time in American history, as the country grapples with issues of racial equality and an uncertain economy, all the while dealing with a pandemic that strains our healthcare system. As discouraging as it sounds, I continue to feel hopeful about the future, your future. Ultimately, it falls to everyday Americans like you to shape the country's direction. Get involved in the community, speak up for the causes you believe in, and at the very least, exercise your fundamental democratic right by voting in every election. Take it from me as someone who had to earn his way into the American dream. Some things are worth fighting for. Joining me to talk through our shared immigrant experience is one of my dear friends, Kritika Suresh. Just in general, she's fun to talk to, and this was a great excuse to have a conversation with her 
about our similar but not too similar paths to the United States. So Kiki, first of all, thanks for agreeing to do the podcast. Uh, uh, you know, when I was thinking of this topic, uh, the I was thinking about like my immigrant story because I wanted to talk to or share this with my daughter, Amelia, when she grows up, uh, because she is, she's going to have a completely different life to what I had, like at least when growing up, right? And uh, so we both have kind of a similar story and <laughs> what brought us here. But I want to like start from the beginning, like what led you to even decide in the first place that you wanted to come to America? Okay. Hi, Benu first and hi, Amelia. Um, but um, it's such a great pleasure to be on your podcast and, Thank you. and do this. So um, nothing really. I was just, uh, I had just completed my bachelor's, right? And I was looking um, to do my master's next. And uh, in that process, you know, I was thinking of um, whether to do an option was to do it in India. Um, an option was to kind of go to Australia at that point or uh, come to the United States. And, um, you know, I pretty much had a couple of friends of mine who were also, um, you know, planning to go to the United States at that point to do their master's. And so, you know, how it is when you're in uh, school and, you know, everybody's doing something and you want to do I mean, did you space. even consider any Definitely. other places like UK or anything like that? No, not UK. So UK, uh, I mean, for what I had studied, I UK pretty hard at that point they were saying to kind of, you know, do your master's and pursue your job there itself, meaning the job opportunities were not as much. But um, the good options at that point was either to do it in India, or to do it in America, right? But the point of doing it in India was, you know, you got to spend so much time studying and, and you know how the competition is in India, right? So yeah, you got to put in, yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you have to be the top of the top to really, uh, you know, yep. get into all of these good universities and you have to invest time. It's not like, you know, you can do it, but it takes like two, three years, sometimes even, you know, to kind of, uh, so, you know, just considering all of that, um, you know, US just seemed a good option. Okay. So, it seems like yeah. a straightforward one for you because now that you're saying it, I realize that mine is not at all similar because <laughs> I have to fully credit my parents for it because, I mean, growing up as a kid, you, you know, you watch TV shows, movies, and America is always like, you know, the place you want to be, right? Like yeah. the land of opportunities, a dream country or whatever. But I never like seriously like wanted to move here, live here, nothing of that sort. But it's only because my mom got a job here and then you know like most Indian families do you know everyone wanted to right. like they decided that okay we'll bring the kids and everyone will just live here uh, so by default because of my parents you know uh, essentially I came here and I didn't even like think about it I didn't like decide on my own and I was 20 years old when this like when we moved here and I didn't even like consciously think like this is you know where I want to be this is where I want to live um, yeah, and it and it just happened. So thinking back to that time, do you do you remember the first time you landed here in the United States? Like, what are your memories of America when you came here? Like, what year was it? Yeah, it was twenty twelve, I believe. Yeah, or twenty eleven. Okay. Yeah, and so um, it was crazy, you know. So the wait, that uh, was like prob- 
few months after we met? Because we met in 2011, right? Yeah, yeah. We met in 2011. So I did the whole, we did the whole six months. Right. Thing, right. Of studying and everything. And then right studying. after that. Yes. <laughs> Lots yeah. of studying we did. Okay. Yeah, exactly. At least the purpose that we met was a study yes. group. But whatever yeah. we did was, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. So I, I immediately got admittance for um, the next spring, right? So um, I came here um, a little before that. So I came here to California. And so, I mean, you know, obviously they're not going to let me go anywhere else, but there, uh, you know, so they were like, it's fine if, you know, you're studying in Houston, but whatever, come one month early and then spend a month there with us, you know, we'll get you a little bit accustomed to the place and then you can like fly to Houston. And so I landed first in California. So, and I was staying with family there, right? So it wasn't um, any different. Because, you know, I've grown up with them and, you know, I know them really well. So it was just like staying with family, right? But uh, for that whole month. And so that time it was fine. I was like, yeah, U.S., musket. I mean, no big deal. It's all the same. You know, I'm, right. I mean, I'm used to living without my parents, right? Right. Um, yeah. So I was in college and that time my parents were in musket. So that time I stayed alone. And here it was like, yeah, okay, whatever. No big deal. And then the reality hit when I came to Houston, right, mm-hmm. after a month. So this is a crazy story, right? So I didn't know anybody in Houston, obviously. And um, the only person that I knew was my ex-boyfriend's friend's classmate. So literally, we just got introduced because, you know, I was going to the same university that she was. And then my friend was like, hey, you know what? I have somebody who's already in the university. And then this friend was like, hey, you know what? I, I know when somebody in that university and stuff like that. And so that's how I really got in touch with her. And I said, you know what? I'm coming for the fall. I need a place to stay. And she was like, okay, great. We have, you know, uh, an opening in, in our apartment. I mean, you know, so it's, it's vacant and you can come in. And the day I landed there, Benno, you'll not believe it. It's a two-bedroom apartment where there are eight girls staying there. Wow. It, okay. Yeah, in a two-bedroom apartment, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not used to that. That's almost uh, like India, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I've never, like, even when I was in school, I mean, it used to be, I used to have a roommate, but that's just two of us in a whole apartment, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. coming here uh, to eight people in an apartment, you know, when in India itself, I used to stay in an apartment with two people, It's it was a little bit, you know, oh my God, you know, this is the life that I'm going to have kind of a shop mm-hmm. you know obviously there was no furniture in the living room you know it was just our uh, pretty much four girls in one bedroom and then another four girls in the other bedroom you know and all of them were sleeping on like you know these thin sleeping beds or sleeping bags even I don't know even what you call them but yeah you know but at that age um, I guess all that didn't even really matter you know you just went with the flow uh, you had friends all the time and my house was I mean we were supposed to be eight people staying in the house but there were at any time 10 or 12 people all the time you know were all of these like uh Indians yeah there were Indians there were Americans even sometimes but it's all from my school okay you know so at that at that time and it's such a fast paced life at that point you know you have school you have your part-time job you have uh, you know, other things that you're doing, extracurricular activities or whatever at school and stuff like that. So then you have something constantly going on that you don't even really have time to think about 
you know, how am I living or how am I surviving here mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know? And so we didn't have, I didn't have a car at that point, but you know, all the time, it wasn't even an issue because one friend or the other would have a car and would, you know, we would, you know, always go together to like grocery stores even, or, you know, when we're going out in the night or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a very different kind of life um, at first, but again, you know, thinking back now, I didn't think it was bad then neither do i think that it was bad now you know so it was good overall so it feels I like was, it sounds like you had a very smooth transition almost when you moved pretty here much. yeah so that, pretty i don't much. feel like a lot of people can say that that's actually very good did you have a lot yeah. of uh, exposure to people from outside of india like meaning like did you interact a lot of americans or from other nationalities yeah yeah so my um, the the course that I did right was MHA, which is healthcare administration, right? Mm-hmm. And for that course, you don't get so mostly when people come from India, they do what computer science, uh, you know, medicine. whatever IT, mm-hmm. yeah, or medicine and stuff like that, right? So um, healthcare administration was uh, you know a very rare Indian uh, masters, you know, yeah, yeah, so. Most of my classmates were only Americans, and the, those are who I had to interact with, right? My best friend um, from school, Belinda, who lives with me in Houston, uh, I'm sorry, in Dallas now, uh, her boyfriend and our husband, you know, uh, is now a really great friend of mine. So, so many, um, you know, uh, folks that I interacted with during that time were Americans, and, you know, but we were also had a lot of Indians, so I shouldn't say it was just Americans. Right. No, but uh, yeah. I'm thinking that probably contributed to making that easy for you to kind of assimilate because this is what I've observed and this is kind of like a pet peeve for me, okay? Because I've yeah. noticed this and experienced it where Indians who come here and I'm talking about Indians who come here like on work visas or even like student visas, yeah. they come here and they like to hang out with other Indians and yeah. not really interact with other like either Americans or you know people from other countries be it students or you know like just like work workers and yeah I've seen it and I always think that is making it hard for you to kind of assimilate like because not just Indians like you know America is basically a country of immigrants right like right throughout its history people have come from other countries and they call this home now Um, and I feel like if you don't make the effort to be involved in community, you know, assimilate and like talk to interact with people outside of your comfort zone, outside of your own culture, it is going to be hard. And if you don't do that, you're always going to feel like you don't belong. You know, you don't, you don't make a difference. And I think for me, uh, you know, when I came here, uh, it helped that, you know, when I used to like do like part-time jobs or work, I only had non-Indian people to interact with and that made it easy for me to kind of understand them and for them to understand me where I'm coming from. And I think it helped me kind of like assimilate into like America, but I I've seen a lot of my friends um, struggle with that. And I feel like one of the main reasons is they're not willing to go outside their comfort zone. So it sounds like for you, that was, you know, not an issue because you also did the same thing where you kind of, and I know your personality is like you're you're not really a person who kind of shuts you know yourself off. You like to talk to people and engage with them, and I think that made a difference. No, that's yeah, that's absolutely true, right? Like even I have so many friends, you know, who 
or even colleagues for that matter. So forget school, right? Even at mm-hmm. work right now, you know, they won't, um, <clears throat> they won't interact much with people outside their community, you know, but I think for me, maybe because I, I didn't grow up in India or I don't know what the reason is for that. Right. But, uh, and I don't think, I mean, I do have who are just like me. So I guess it's all just your personality. Right. But that does make actually a big difference just in, in, you know, even your career after that. Right. So even, yeah, the way that you're perceived at work, you know, the way that uh, you grew up the ladder is only if you are able to open up, interact and, you know, um, just the way, you know, we say Americans, you know, shouldn't discriminate us. We shouldn't discriminate, you know, when on our, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah. And so that was never an issue or anything, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. And, you know, I mean, it does exist and probably it's going to take some time, you know, uh, for that to kind of go away. Right. And yeah. I think you know, it, it's also different when people who come here when they're like in their late teens or in their 20s, 30s. I understand it's, it's much harder because mm. you've grown up in a completely different culture. You've seen America only like in the movies. And then you yeah. come here and it is not the same. You know? yeah. For me, one of the biggest realizations was like, this is nothing like the movies. <laughs> and so it's, it's like a culture shock. Um, but yeah. like you, like, you know, I grew up in different, like I grew up in Saudi Arabia, then in India, then in the Philippines for a bit. So I had all these different experiences. Perspectives. Yeah. Right. So when I came here, you know, that made it easier for me to like, okay, to adjust. So, um, yeah. yeah, so that made a big difference. Me. And I believe that's also one of the reasons, truly, that we became friends, you know, like I wouldn't yeah. normally, I mean, just knowing me, I wouldn't normally interact with, you know, those, um, I mean, people with that kind of a personality that, you know, doesn't talk to, uh, you know, anybody else. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, a little conservative kind of, uh, you know, personality is what I'm talking about. But yeah, I think, and I think that's great. I think, you know, that's absolutely necessary if you want to, you know, grow just even personally. Right. And also, one yeah. of, you know, the, my favorite things about the U.S. is it is, it is one thing that is true as marketed, uh, so to speak, is that <laughs> it is the land of opportunity. It's, you know, you can study for like one, in one specialized field, and then you can come here and then succeed in something completely different. I mean, that's the case with me, you know, that's the case with me. And I don't see that happening in too many other countries. Like, I can't imagine that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I I completely agree, right? It doesn't, because see, at that age, I mean, you know, you're right out of school, you think you're interested in something and you make Mm -hmm. a choice or you make a decision at that point. But it doesn't mean that as you get older, right, you realize that, you know, your strength lies somewhere else or, you know, you're more interested in some other field of work than what you, you know, studied for. And that can happen. And you're right. I mean, in India, I couldn't, if I had been in India, right, doing what I'm doing right now, there's no way that I would have been this successful or, you know, have made this much money or, you know, could have just imagined of a lifestyle that I have right now, you know, so definitely, yeah, it is a land of opportunities. There's no, there's, you know, um, there's no really uh, question on that. Any limitation on what you can do. And that is what I want 
Amelia to understand, you know, as she grows up, that she's very fortunate, like, of course, you know, yeah. of the country that she lives in. Because, I mean, the U.S., like pretty much every other country on the planet, is not a perfect country, but it's still uh, one of the few in the world that you can succeed if you really put your heart into it. Like, if you make an effort, there are always going to be opportunities for you to succeed. And, you know, I want her to take that. So, yeah. uh, now, now you've been here for a while now, so 2011, you're all, it's almost going to be 10 years, you know, soon. Yeah. So you've been here yeah. for a while, uh, and I know that you're not a citizen yet. It's something that, you know, it's in the works, you know, you're working towards it. But how do you, having been here for this long, how do you juggle feelings between the country of your origin, so to speak, yeah. and, uh, and America? So the only time that I truly miss India or being in India, right? Mm -hmm. um, or feel like an outsider here um, is, you know, when uh, when we have like, you know, festivals and stuff like that, or say marriages, um, mm -hmm. you know, of my cousins and, you know, my sisters and my brothers in India, and I have my whole family there. So, you know, that's the only time that I feel like, uh, you know, I'm away from a lot of people, a lot of my family, that makes me feel like, you know, do I really belong here? Should I just go back to India? Right? right? You know, because that's where pretty much my entire family is. I mean, you know, discounting the uh, a couple of aunts and uncles who are all, uh, you know, spread across the US. But I mean, that's when you don't feel like, you know, this is your home, at least for me. Right? And so, I mean, but you learn to kind of live through that or live, you know, uh, with that understanding that, you know, you're not going to be able to attend 80% of, you know, the, the, the right. you know, like a Diwali or whatever there, or even marriages. There are so many that I've missed of my best friends in India, of my cousins and stuff like that. But so that's the only time that I feel, uh, you know, really sad and feel like, you know what, is this all worth it? Or should I just go there, you know, back with my family? But other than that, for you, it's probably different, right? Because you have yeah. most of your family here. So for my, my, my parents are here. My sister's family is here. Most of my cousins are here. So, but no, but still, I have like a lot of my uh, or close family members still back in India. Um, yeah. And I, yes, I miss them. But I think more than anything else, the only times I really, because now I'm an American citizen, you know, and it's just mm -hmm. a conscious decision. Uh, unlike moving here to the States, that was a very conscious yeah. decision. Like I, I wanted to become an American citizen because after I came here um, between 2010 and 2015, like that, that five year period is when, you know, I really started to fall in love with the idea of United, the United States, not necessarily the country as it was because like i said the country's not perfect it has its share of problems and hurdles biases discriminations all of that but the idea behind it is something that i really like the idea yeah. of freedom the idea of opportunity the idea of that if you work hard enough you will succeed so i really wanted to become an american citizen and i worked towards that and uh you know i became a, an american citizen but after that, or since that, I should say, the only times where uh, not necessarily conflicted is the, the one of the main things that I really miss 
um, or where I would almost like lean towards India is when it comes to cricket. So <laughs> I know it might sound silly compared to like most other things people go for like family or stuff like that. But uh, for me, it's like cricket. Like whenever there's a cricket match, um, yeah. especially involving India, like I forget that I'm an American and <laughs> I'm fully behind India. Like uh, sometimes I wonder if the Indian cricket team played against the American cricket team, like would yeah. I naturally support the American team or, you know, would I be supporting no. the Indian team? And I think it's different because I was not born here, right? I was a naturalized citizen. So, yeah. uh, and I got naturalized when I was 29. So yeah. very <laughs> late almost in my yeah, life. I don't think, so, yeah, you're ever going to support uh, yeah. any other country other than your Indian team. Right. You know, they yeah. say that, yeah, they say, so for Indians, more than India, it's cricket that's in their blood, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That is the, the one thing that I think will always, like, a part of my heart, so to speak, is going to be with, you know, the Indian cricket team. But even, like, on other serious matters, like, you know, I, I do follow the news of, like, what's going on in India, like, as far as the political situation or, like, what's going on in terms of the economy, because it's still the country of my origin and I want to know what's right. going on. I hope, you know, people there do well and all of that. Um, and I have strong feelings on things that are going on, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm an American now, so I shouldn't really worry too much about it, but I cannot dissociate from that. Like, I don't know yeah. if you ever go through those times where, well, technically you're still Indian, so yeah. <laughs> you have a lot more stake in it, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like, there are times when, when especially you've made your life here, you've settled here and you feel yeah. American, but still it feels like a part of you is still back in India because that's where you're from. Right. And honestly, I feel, see, for me, it's the other way, right? Like you said, I'm still Indian, but mm. I am as invested as any American would be in, say, the elections, you know, or right. politics or even what, what are they doing about you know, the COVID situation that we're in, or, you know, how is America yep. reacting to it and stuff like that. So I'm probably no more that's happening here than what's even happening back in India, right? But at the same time, I mean, I don't think you really have to differentiate between, you know, following what's going on in India or associating yourself to what's going on there versus what's going on here, right? So okay. we're all in the age where it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, what country you're from or what country you or you know your origins are from or what citizen you are you know i mean this covid is a perfect example right it's not finally no united way. the whole world yeah exactly <laughs> you know it's it's oh. for everybody less war more peace <laughs> you know i wish that it was that simple right or it was that ideal yeah. but yeah the world is unfortunately not like that speaking of which you know mm -hmm. the immigrant experience is not always straightforward here you know um it can get a little complicated. Has there ever been a time in the last nine years, and you kind of mentioned it, you know, that in the past that sometimes you felt like you didn't belong here, you know, but yeah. has there ever been a time where you were made to feel like you didn't belong? Have you like faced any kind of, I don't know, discrimination or just people kind of, kind of like making you feel like this is not where you should be? No, I don't think, I mean, I don't think I've felt anything like that or been made to feel anything like that at a very serious, uh, you know, at a very serious level or, uh, you know, there's no, there's, there's not been like a major incident, you know, maybe here and there, but I, I mean, you know, 
people do look at you differently, no matter what you oh, say, yeah. say and, and say and tell them, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, it's not affect. There's nothing that's happened that's affected me or that's impacted me that majorly for me to kind of remember that stands out, right? So I mean, it's for the smaller things where people look at you differently. I mean, it's all the way you take it in my perspective, right? I brush it off and, you know, I'm extra friendly to those people. And, and then, and then, you know, they're fine at the end of the day, as, as, you know, as they get to know you, you know, so some people judge a book by its cover, which I mean, it's on them. It's not on me. Right. So, yeah. So for smaller incidents like that, I feel like you can still manage it. And I've, you know, I've, I've been able to kind of overcome those kind of situations, but Honestly, there's nothing, you know, that's majorly happened that's impacted me like that here. I think I share that similar experience because I've, you know, I've been here on and off since 2000, well, on and off between 2006 and 2010, and then pretty much since 2010, you know, I've lived here. And in all this time, I can recall probably one or two, if I really want to like stretch it, um, instances where someone has made me feel like, you know, I'm an outsider or I don't belong. But for the majority, uh, clear majority, like I've always been made to feel welcome by people that I've interacted with yeah. and people have been nice, uh, at least in front of me, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and I mentioned this because I want Amelia to know that, you know, because she is going to grow up an American. She is, you know, there is the only link she's going to have to like India is through her dad because her mom is yeah. American, but her dad is of Indian origin. Um, so she is, she may not understand the kind of hurdles that we have faced up to this point, whether it was direct or indirect, she is not going to face that. Um, but I want her to be aware of it because she may come in to contact or interact with people from such backgrounds. And I want her to be able to empathize and be, you know, kind of understanding of other people. And for me, you know, you know, whenever I see, especially now, I don't know how it was in the past, but, you know, I see a lot of Indian origin people succeeding in here in America, like not just in the entertainment field, but it can be like politics. It can be in business, um, in medicine for sure. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I see that and, you know, that is kind of inspiring. So is there yeah. like, do you, do you see like, a, I don't know if you have like role models, but do you see like currently like here in the US, like any Indian origin people that like, you know, you're inspired by or like, you know, you're like, yeah, I want to be that person. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not, in, I, I wouldn't call them role models, right? Mm-hmm. But I do see, you know, a lot of people with Indian origin now coming to the limelight, right? But right. like you said, that is um, that is uh, quite rare still, you know. It's mm-hmm. not a common occurrence. So, you know, uh, just people, and, you know, I watch a lot of TV, but... Um, so do know, I. Just like, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if you know Lily Singh, you know. She yeah. started, yeah, as a, just like YouTuber, you know, right. out of nowhere. And now she has a late night show, you know, which is, which is great. Um, right. You know, Kamala Harris or Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling, well, she started very early on, but, you know, just people like, so we're now seeing politicians, right? We're seeing, uh, on the entertainment field, we're seeing people come up. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's still not the same, meaning, obviously, there are a lot of hurdles that, you know, we face um, as South Asians, but, 
I mean, you know, there are hurdles everywhere, right? So you just got to look I, at it that way. Yeah. There's definitely a long way to go, I think, to go almost mainstream stream. And then, you know, just in my, in my case, like uh, when, when, I, when we came here to the U.S., my, my mom wanted me to become like uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, you know? Um, so oh, being on, you don't know Sanjay Gupta? No. Oh no, you're gonna get disowned now. Um, so he is a prominent Indian American doctor who is like a regular contributor, like on CNN. So, oh. so right now he was like always on because he's talking about coronavirus. Um, but then you have like, you know, there was a former, like the previous Surgeon General was is an Indian American. Um, yeah. And then now, of course, the great Sundar Pichai is, uh, you yeah. know, CEO of Google. So you have Google. like these very high bars, which your parents and of course, typical like Indian parent mentality is like, you know, they always want you to aspire to be like what someone else has done. Yeah. Um, which is not a bad thing, it's good intentions, but it's always like setting the bar higher and higher. And you're like, and you guys are not making it easy for the rest of us. But that's just, yeah, that's just every Indian parent. That, yep. Yeah, that's but, just how, you know, they, yeah. they are. There's funny thing. So, you know, I was watching the Spelling Bee. You know, there's a show on Netflix about <laughs> Indians doing well in yes. the Spelling Bee, right? Yep, so, we dominate that. <laughs> yeah, right? So... There was this, uh, there was this uh, person who was talking there and he was like, you know, so since Indians are winning the spelling bee like so easily for so many years now, what Indians have started doing is they started to create another spelling bee that's just exclusively for Indians. So that that spelling bee is more competitive than the national spelling bee because, you know, there you have just Indians yeah. competing. Way to go on making something intense, even more intense. Even and even more. You know, for kids. Right. Yeah, that's and competitive. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. But I don't think you're going to be like that with Amelia. But Yeah. So the plan right now, because obviously she is only like, she's going to be six weeks tomorrow. Okay. Right. Um, I don't think I'm going to raise her in that way. Like there is not going to be like that intense kind of like tiger mom mentality to like raising my kid. And I'm not going to be like, you have to like be like at the top of your class or you have to like take part in all these things. I'm just going to like let her live her life because I want her to experience things on her own, learn from it and succeed on her own terms instead of having to like say, oh, my parents forced me into this you know? absolutely yeah so i wanted to make that decision but i'm you know just glad that there will always be role models for her like if she even like chooses to see, look for outside the mainstream kind of role models like indian american um because she's gonna have that indian blood in her so even yeah. for that she's gonna have like good role models so you know i'm glad for her she's uh but she is gonna be allowed to live on her own terms and this will be uh, audio evidence if in the future she <laughs> is unhappy with me or my parenting like I'm like listen this is what I said at that time so you know yeah. that, I'll take yeah. it but uh, anyway Kiki so before we end uh, let me ask you a question that you will never get tired of answering uh -oh. uh, what is the probability of seeing mini Rohans or mini Kritikas in the near future Benno, really? <laughs> you too? I have to. See, I'm not going to be like an Indian 
dad if I don't ask this question, right? Like I have to claim my bonfires this way. Yeah, no. I think, I mean, I definitely do want to have kids. So maybe sometime in the near future, but nothing okay. in 2020. I don't want to have um, him or her anytime soon, but yes. So maybe Amelia will have, uh, you know, a friend that's two or three years younger than her to yeah, play with. So. <laughs> Oh yeah. So if anytime you want unsolicited advice, you can always reach out to me oh, no uh, on <laughs> parenting tips. The perfect person to ask, you know, a person who's still Please, learning. You have, you have six weeks of experience. Exactly. And you want me to come to you. Well, by the time you have a kid, it's going to be longer, much longer than six weeks, right? Yeah. Based on what you told so we me. We shall assess at that point. <laughs> yes, we shall assess on a <laughs> periodic basis. But Kiki, I, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, you shared your time and your thoughts today. And uh, I look forward uh, to you uh, getting to know Amelia in the future. Absolutely. When she's, you know, grows up a little bit. And uh, I'm looking forward to that too. Because right now all she does is cry and eat. <laughs> me too, but, me too. I, saw, I shall visit her when she knows the same names and then... She can yes. call me Aunt Kiki. Yes. Well, that's it for this episode of Dear Amelia. Thank you for listening and tune in next time when I move on from my country of choice to talk about the city we call home. Till then, this is Benjamin Prabhu signing off and Amelia, never take America for granted. Adoringly yours, Dad. Mm-hmm.